And now, from the University of Colorado in Boulder, the College of Engineering and Applied Science presents On Cue. Welcome to this edition of On Cue. My name is Josh Roten. Today we're talking with interim Dean Keith Molinar about a wide variety of topics. We'll learn about his time here, dating back to his years as an undergrad, and look ahead to the future of the college. Let's get started. So I just want to start by congratulating you, Keith. Tell me how it feels to be in the job. feels wonderful. I'm really excited. We have such a great community here in the College of Engineering and Applied Science. It's a chance that I get to give back after being here for quite a few years. So I, I feel comfortable with the administrative tasks and really looking forward to helping to build the community and working with all of our colleagues here. So you've been with the college for quite some time now. Um, this is sort of accumulation or um, a peak moment for you. So can you kind of maybe give me a little bio about what's been going on beforehand for people who are just tuning in and may not know you very well? Sure, sure. Well, I, I um, originally from Chicago, um, worked for my dad's construction company and went to community college just outside the, the city. Uh, so I've actually came here as a student back in 1987. And so started my um, my degree in architectural engineering and, and finished up uh, my last three years here. I got lucky enough to get a job here in Boulder with a startup construction management uh, company. And in fact, even worked on a few of the projects around campus. So physically worked on the projects as an engineer while I was practicing. Really enjoyed that, but uh, wanted to come back and get some more education. So I came back to pursue my master's, ended up just getting enthralled with the research and loving the research aspect, and got my PhD here as well. So my undergraduates in architectural engineering, my master's and PhD are in, in civil engineering, so buff through and through here. You're, um, you're a forever buff, right? I, I am, indeed, as, as are a number of my families, and uh, my youngest daughter now has just joined us here as a buff as well. What projects were you working on on campus? Uh, so I actually got a chance to do um, early estimates on the um, ITLL building. Uh, I worked on the Dahl Ward Center, uh, which is right next to the Champion Center at the football stadium, and uh, some renovations in the engineering center itself. That was just some of our work. I also was working on local projects, Denver Performing Arts Center, um, Sunspot Lodge up in Winter Park, a lot of projects around Colorado high schools worked on uh, at Buckley Air National Guard Lab. So those were the types of projects I was working on. What's the Denver Performing Arts Complex? What did you do there? So what I did there was um, a project, if you're not familiar with the Denver Performing Arts Center, it's uh, a number of theaters, uh, that uh, take on about two blocks. And uh, to connect those, there's a large skylight that goes above the street. So um, I got a chance to do the construction management for those skylights that are up about six stories in the air and span a whole city block. It was a really, really challenging project, um, but it's still there. And I point it out to my kids every time, <laughs> every time we go by and uh, enjoy the, uh, the climate down there and the the sense of place that it's created uh, when I get a chance to go down and enjoy the Performing Arts Center. Right. You've also worked on some international projects in the past too, right? 
Yeah. Uh, you know, so as I said, when I uh, had my undergraduate, I worked on local projects. And then after my graduate work and spending some time at Georgia Tech as a professor, I, I came back here to the University of Colorado. And uh, my research area is in risk analysis, cost and schedule risk analysis for large projects. Um, I've written some national guidance and uh, worked on some standards for uh, how engineers can, can better control costs and schedules on large projects. So that's just afforded me the ability to work on some expert panels and um, help with risk analysis on projects like the San Francisco Oakland Bay Bridge. Uh, the Panama Canal actually brought um, our advisory board uh, for a meeting down there um, when I was department chair working there. That was good. Um, um, lately, I've been working in France on a project called uh, ITER. It's the International Thermo um, Nuclear Energy Reactor, and it's a it's a fusion experiment um, that's being built by the U.S., EU, Russia, China. India, South Korea, and Japan, um, and it's about a 20-year project. Uh, we're about 10 years away from finishing it. That's been really exciting and, and wonderful to contribute to that. I think maybe it might be interesting to our listeners to hear about why you picked engineering as a career. Um, can you maybe give me a little background about what interested you about the profession and sort of how you got started in it in that way? Sure. Well, as I said earlier, my father uh, owned a construction company, and I worked for him since I was a since I was a young child. I was always just enthralled and inspired by going into work and you know, just having a concrete pad. And by the time we left, we would have walls erected or a, or a roof put on. And so I always knew building things was something I wanted to do. Um, my father wanted me to, you know pursue education. He didn't uh, didn't finish college, didn't go to college, um, and so he really pushed me that way. Uh, and I loved architecture. So one of the things I found looking around the country was the architectural engineering program here, um, where it focuses on buildings and building energy, and it just really inspired me. And so uh, that's what got me into engineering to start with, was you know just the influence of my family and the desire to um, you know create things and lead them for the next generation. Listening to your discussion about your career flow and your education background, um, one of the things that I picked up on was that you're sort of a non-traditional student. You started with a community college and kind of made your way all the way up to a PhD and now all the way to interim dean. Um, can you maybe put that into context a little bit for me or talk about that kind of um, path for you? Oh, well, sure. I guess um, I just, I love to learn. Uh, I do. I, I still do. Even as interim dean, I'm taking uh, continuing education classes today myself and enjoying learning every day. And I think that's why, uh, you know, I didn't just stay in industry, um, you know, why I did different different things. I went to community college, um, one, just it was more affordable, um, you know, and then came here, actually got my residency um, and, and stayed here. So that was an important thing. Um, and I've always seen learning and my career as kind of intertwined. And um, I, I, like I say, I think that's important. I try never to forget that. I try never to get too caught up in administration or uh, the projects that we're doing and remember that uh, we are in a learning environment and that's why, why I'm here. And I just love that aspect of the, the university and my job. That can be a difficult thing, right, for people who have been in administrative roles for a while or been in academia for a while? 
Yeah, it can. Uh, you know, we all have to balance our time well. Um, think about, you know, improving ourselves and taking time to learn because uh, it could easily be, um, you know, spending too many hours a day uh, you know, just focusing. So on work. So I, I think um, I'm more effective and more efficient when I um, when I try and look for that balance and that learning. And um, I can also tell you my, my students in my class, I think, realize that that uh, they see me continuing to learn, continuing to change the class up, continuing to bring in things from outside into the classroom. I think it makes it a better classroom environment for them. But it does take work because, um, you know, there's a lot of administration and a lot of research and grading and all those other things to do. So, I've heard you talk about becoming uh, interim dean a couple times in a couple different places and one of the things you constantly stress is consistency um, between Dean Robbie Braun's time and what's going to come forward. Is that accurate? Is that something that you're trying to convey? Uh, yeah, absolutely, Josh. Um, you know, it even goes beyond that. Uh, one of the reasons I got into leadership was Rob Davis, who was dean before Bobby, um, selected me with some other young faculty to get involved in our 2020 strategic plan. Um, so that was 15 years ago, and here we are. So I <laughs> kind of uh, got involved there, and um, it's been wonderful to see that vision come through. And then when Bobby arrived, uh, he led a, a group of us, and the whole college got involved in developing the strategic vision. And I'm very very uh, committed to that. Um, you know, I've mainly been working on the first of the four areas, which has been increasing our research impact um, as associate dean for research. Um, but I'm, you know, the second element of embracing our public education mission was actually one of the things that I really contributed to and felt strongly about as we put that together. Again, as being a student here and, and loving, a, you know, the the public aspect and the accessibility as aspect. Um, I'm going to continue that. Uh, you know, the other thing we've been talking about is uh, global engagement, and that's been a passion of mine. Um, working with students, I've had a chance to go to Bolivia working on bridges to prosperity, and I've worked with our um, Office of International Education and served uh, on committees there throughout my career. You mentioned earlier, too, about uh, diversity being an important aspect of community building. Um, we just recently were recognized by ASWE in that area, and I know that that's a priority and the thing that you want to highlight going forward. Um, do you want to speak to that goal or that piece of the vision statement as it falls to you? Absolutely. Um, it's just, again, I, I hate to sound like uh, an old-timer here, but... <laughs> One of the biggest changes I've seen in the college um, is just walking through the halls, uh, teaching in my classes, uh, the diversity in our student population. It's really wonderful. Um, we're, we're starting now to um, have the demographics of our state, which is where we should be as a state institution. So the fact that we can have um, engineers, male, female, um, you know, equity, that we can have uh, underrepresented minorities at similar levels to what we have across the state here, um, I think is you know just testament to all the work that the faculty and the community, especially the Bold Center, um, you know, Rob Davis really started investing years ago, and it's taken years to change, and it's gonna it's gonna take continual investment, and we have to keep the long term view. 
where where we're working at hard now and where we haven't made the strides we'd like to is um, in the diversity of our faculty and so we're uh, consciously putting in programs consciously working with our peers um, trying to do what we can to increase the diversity of our faculty um, so it's closer to the diversity of our student population i think that's so valuable building the community aspect like you said and then finally and one of the things i really want to focus on in my interim dean uh, time here is working on enriching our professional environment uh, bobby's done a great job putting together climate surveys um, we as a team are trying to make sure that that is always at our forefront making this the place you want to work making this the place we want to be um, and although we've made great strides I, I want to continue along those lines and really try and you know help build our community here You've presided over a time of growth in terms of research dollars here at the college, and um, that's probably where a lot of people are going to recognize you from over the last couple of years. Um, can you talk about how your uh, experience there will translate into your time as interim dean? Sure, sure. Um, you know, I think when, when I was a, a new faculty member here, it used to be thought of that you had to prove yourself as an individual researcher. And while we have individual uh, experts and exceptional, extraordinary, in fact, uh, researchers were, were much better as a community working in interdisciplinary um, and collaborative research. And I truly believe the reason for our growth is what we've done with our interdisciplinary research themes, what we've done with encouraging, uh, you know, new faculty and, and our, our um, existing faculty to work more in groups. Um, I think if you look at actually our, our research growth in dollars is, has uh, grown, but our, our number of proposals um, is actually smaller in some of the years, and that's because we're working on larger uh, collaborative proposals rather than just so many individual PI, um, you know, investigator proposals. Uh, you know, to me, that's just, um, you know, an analogy for how we work better as a community. Um, in education, in serving the public, in our economic impact as a university. Um, we can only do so much individually, and um, I, th I think the more we can do together, the stronger impact that we're going to have. And so what I've learned there from research um, has definitely been just the power that we get when we work as a community. And one of the things that you've talked about with me about the power of our community is, is sharing the story of it and trying to get the word out. Um, how important is it to you to get the word not only to the New York Times, but to the Denver Post and to these local outlets, too, to let people in Colorado know what's going on? Yeah, well, um, we don't want to be the best-kept secret in Colorado, right? And, uh, I tell you, I love Boulder. Um, I love our green space, but it also does kind of create a little bubble for us, as, as most people have heard of the Boulder bubble. So we have to consciously work uh, to, to communicate with our um, constituents with our peers um, and that does take effort um, but you know Bobby and the comms team have done a great job um, it's it's really wonderful to see how much uh, recognition we're getting across the state across the um, uh, with our, our peers in the Rocky Mountain region but even more so nationally so we'll continue along those lines um, you know I will work with the faculty to get them appointed to national positions as as we can um, but I, I think you know everybody needs to take that opportunity we have uh, a wonderful communications team here we have we're investing in things uh, like uh, the conversation which helps us get op-eds out um, 
on. And then, um, you know, we have a comms team that can take some of our peer-reviewed work and really get it out to um, the masses. And we do look at our alt metrics, our, our alternative metrics, how much we're being um, pointed to by, uh, you know, not just through our peer review articles, which are incredibly important, but also uh, through the popular press and other, other ways to get the word out. The other piece that you mentioned before that I want to touch on that relates to community is, is the climate surveys that Dean Bobby Braun started. Um, how valuable of the feedback is that for you and um, is that going to continue? It's extremely valuable. Um, we, we don't know what the climate is if we don't measure it. Um, you know, those climate surveys are difficult to, to respond to. Sometimes they, uh, they feel a little uncomfortable, uh, but we, if, if we don't do that, we're not having the right conversations. We're, you know, we're um, investing in our professional environment uh, through programs, through, um, you know, uh, physical spaces. We need that feedback. We need to know what's going on. Um, sometimes it's difficult to read some of the comments, I'll, I'll be honest, and, uh, but those are the ones that, that help us to make changes. And so if we're not asking and we're not measuring then we can't know if we're going in the right direction. It's certainly not a perfect, those climate surveys are certainly not a perfect barometer of where we're going, um, but they're really important uh, for making decisions at the, at the program level and um, just really encourage everyone in the college to continue to respond to them and to be open and honest. Um, and we also have other, other venues uh, to provide that feedback in between the, the climate survey. So would you humor me here at the end of this interview to do sort of a better know your dean or a speed round here with a couple of questions? Sure. Okay. So I know that you're an avid hockey player, uh, an avid fisherman, um, an avid bicyclist. Um, which of those activities would you be most excited about to blow off work and do for an entire day? <laughs> um, for an entire day, let's see. It would, it would definitely be fishing. Um, fishing is a real solace for me. Uh, if, if you've never been out on a river in Colorado, um, it's an incredible place. It's where all the wildlife comes to. Um, just the beauty is astounding. And it's one of the few th places where I can be where my phone can't ring. Um, and I don't have a connection with the internet and I truly lose track of time. Um, and so that's, if I have a day to, to recharge and uh, get some solace, that's, that's what I would do. I don't want you to blow up your, your fishing hole or tell me where your spot is, but where's your where's your favorite place to fish? Is it in Colorado? Is it somewhere else? Uh, I you know I I enjoy the creeks, so uh, I have a fishing rod in the back of my car, and I'll sneak out on Boulder Creek, and that's fun. Um, but probably the Colorado River outside of um, outside of Silverthorne and outside of Vale is probably one of the best places in the country and we live right next to it. So that's definitely when I can take the time to get up there, that's where I would go. Who are your role models um, in engineering, as a professor, as a leader? It's hmm. a good question. Um, I hadn't really thought about that. Um, I guess let me, I, I would keep them local. My, my, um, my direct mentor, the person who really took me from undergraduate and inspired me to come back to graduate school was Jim Diekman. Um, and he's uh, since now an emeritus professor and uh, truly was a role model. I've um, been lucky enough and successful enough to be able to leave a, a lecture, um, leave, make a donation to have a lecture um, 
in Jim's name, and uh, I will always remember what he's done. So we've established pretty clearly that you're a forever buff, um, but I want to test your memory here or think back a little bit. What's one thing you learned in undergrad that you still apply today? You know, I was really inspired uh, to try and <laughs> try and save the world at that time through um, creating passive solar design and, and energy efficient buildings. And so, um, you know, one of the things that I'll be working on now is, is our managing our space, our 700,000 plus square feet of space here. And so one thing I'll always try and keep in mind is that how can we be sustainable with our energy and with our buildings? Um, and so that's still in my, in my core, um, you know, thinking forward. Uh, and I learned a lot about that from our architectural engineering program and our professors here when I was an undergraduate. Speaking of undergraduates or former students, what do you think that they would say about you as a professor? <laughs> um, you know, I keep in contact with a lot of them. Um, and a, a number of them um, have congratulated me. Um, and uh, it's good to keep in contact. It's such a great community we have here. And um, so many of my graduating class are extremely successful now, extremely in their, in their jobs. Some have stayed in engineering, some uh, own construction companies and serve on our advisory board here. <laughs> um, you know, others have, have left and gone into finance or, or other things, but still have that strong engineering, engineering background. Um, you know, uh, we just had our 50th construction engineering and management. I'm part of our construction engineering and management program, uh, 50th anniversary, and I saw a lot of them there. And um, I think they would just, uh, you know, um, just appreciate that I'm giving back to the to the college. Um, that's what I've heard a lot of as I've talked to them. All right. So the last question I have for you too is, uh, which single project have you worked on in the past that you're most proud of? Oh wow! One, uh, one project. One one project that mm -hmm. I worked on. Um, um, the fusion project out in France. I mean, it, it truly could change the world and, and bring us clean energy. Um, we're still a long way away, but uh, you know, the project's about trying to harness the energy of the sun in the fusion plasma, um, and that's all contained within magnets that are cryogenically frozen close to, a, um, close to absolute zero, all within a vacuum of a stainless steel tank that's six stories tall. Um, so the, the imagination that the engineers and the physicists um, have had to even attempt this is just phenomenal. If it works, um, and it very well could, it could generate clean energy by 2050. We could have these all across the world. And um, it's still, it's a nuclear fusion, but the half-life of the waste is 10 years, right? We're not dealing with, you know, waste that we have to have to um, maintain for tens of thousands of years. We're really, you know, looking at uh, clean energy and, and less than 10 years of radio, of um, radioactive waste. So just to be part of that, and again, just part of it, it's a team of tens of thousands of people working on it. Um, everybody from the engineers through the scientists, through, you know, the laborers, through the supply chain and things coming from around the world. It's just a incredible site and an um, incredible um, 
opportunity. I just really feel blessed to be part of that one. And hopefully I'll see it finished. Um, but uh, it's just a testament to the imagination of engineers. Um, one of the ones you mentioned, you worked on the engineering center, on this engineering center? Yeah. 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 I've heard a lot of rumors that this place was made up randomly and that none of the doors actually go anywhere and there's no <laughs> plans. Is that true? No, no. There was actually a design competition for this building. Um, it's, uh, you know, people look at it and it's not as architecturally pleasing as, the, as they might think um, or as they might want. But if you look at the history of architecture during that time, that kind of brutalist period, uh, you know, me as a civil engineer, I love the board formed concrete on the outside of this building. You can see how the concrete was constructed through the physical building itself. And that was just what was going on at the time. Um, if you look at, up at another example of it, uh, NCAR, that actually turned out a little bit better. But, you know, they took the, um, took the aggregate from the flat irons to make the concrete look the same color as the flat irons and the you know, the, um, to me, just the master craftsmen who worked on it, the, the, and actually, when you look at concrete, it's actually carpenters who build the concrete and just the, the formwork and the, the, the care and the time that they put in to build those things are, are beautiful. So I see a lot of beauty in our, our building. Um, it is confusing. It's actually, you know, about eight buildings that's connected by the lobby. Um, when you figure that out, it gets a little bit easier to navigate. Uh, but yeah, I've enjoyed enjoyed working on the, the different aspects of it. And like I say, I hope we can um, uh, get the funding that we need to in, improve every corner of it because um, I still think it's a wonderful building. And if we can do it in a sustainable manner, um, you know, and, and put an energy efficient renovation, create more light, create more air, um, I think we have a wonderful place here in Boulder um, and we'll we'll continue to try and make it even more vibrant through our renovations. Right. And either way it's our home, right? That's right. It is. It's our identity. It's our home. All right. Thank you very much for talking with me today, Keith. I appreciate it. It's a pleasure. Congratulations again. Thanks. This has been On Cue. For more information, visit Colorado.edu slash engineering.